Triple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the premier podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, and welcome to the program, Disability After Dark. I am so glad you could be here, and as you know, my name's Andrew Gerza. I am your Crip Crush Monday, Andrew Gerza, trying that one out. I'm your gimp. I'm your number one queer cripple. Hey, thanks for coming back and listening to a new episode. Really happy you're here and really excited to bring this show to you. Just a little bit of housekeeping that I want to let you guys know about. This podcast has been awarded some awards recently. Um, We were given the award from the awesome foundation that has a disability chapter, and they awarded us $1,000 to make the show bigger and better. So I have not really done anything with the money yet. I'm gonna I'm going to put the money away and keep it to make sure that the show is that we can do big stuff with it. And I wanna know from my audience what you think I should use the funding for because I really wanna put the funding back into this program and back into the work we do with Disability After Dark to make it a bigger and better show for you, the listener, whether that's making it making it bigger for Disability After Dark directly, or I was also thinking about, I've been thinking a while now about opening up a a network of disabled podcasters who could come on my network and have their own shows. I was thinking of doing something like that, and I wanted to ask you guys, the listeners, especially the disabled listeners, what they think of this idea and what you think I should use the, the money for. And if you have any ideas about how to use the money to make the program more accessible, I'd love to hear from you. So please let me know. I'm so honored to have been given this award for the work that we do with Disability After Dark. This really was my hobby and it's now somehow terrifyingly turned into my job. And I'm just so thankful that it's receiving the recognition and getting the kind of recognition that I wanted it to and it's it's helping people out and I really hope that you do enjoy it. On that note, if you do like the show and it is something you listen to on a regular basis, please, please leave us a review in iTunes. Leave us a review on my website, andrewgerza.com, reviews. Let me know what you think so I can really make the show better for you. But I wanted to let you know that's my little piece of housekeeping. Um... Yeah, so let's get to the show. I put a call out via social media. The power of social media, by the way, is amazing. I put a call out on my Twitter and I asked people to rate what the next couple of shows should be. I do that quite often if you follow me on social media because, again, I want to make the show all about you. So I want to know what you want to hear about. So I, I put some ideas down and one of, the, one of the things people wanted to hear about was why I wanted to do porn. That was one of the ones that I put up, and I kind of I kind of half put it up there as a joke, but then it got the most responses, so 
I thought I should probably speak to why I want to do porn and what porn means to me. So I've talked a little bit about porn with some other other guests on the show throughout the throughout the show, but I want to kind of I want to take some time and give you my personal thoughts on why I I as a disabled queer man, a queer cripple, want to engage in porn and what porn overall has meant for me as a young queer disabled person looking for sexual representation and and why I think that's really important. So for this episode, I've called it PWD, Porn While Disabled, Part 1, Why I Want to Do Porn, because this one, there will be parts to these episodes. I want to try to make this one a little mini-series that I put in every couple of episodes or every few months. I do another episode around porn. And I want to do this one. I want to do for I want to share my thoughts, my personal views on porn, and I also want to speak to porn actors and 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 people, other people with disabilities who've thought about porn or who do porn or other views on pornography and disability that I think we should really talk about. So I want to kind of make it a little bit of a series and see how we do with that. Again, totally experimental. It might not work. It might suck, but I want to give it a shot. So we're gonna try this with part one and see where we go. So let me tell you then why I want to do porn. The truth of the matter is, the honest truth is that I have been fascinated by pornography ever since I hit puberty. And you're like, well, duh, who else hasn't been fascinated by by porn? Come on, Andrew, of course, everybody has. I was excited by it in all the usual ways that one might expect a queer kid, a young queer kid to be. I was turned on by the scenes and of course by seeing two men together that was a treat because for a long long time I felt that my being queer and disabled was somehow doubly wrong and so I had to do a lot of my porn hunting in secret. Again as I think we all did but as a disabled person I had the added the added provision of a lack of privacy as a disabled youth. I really didn't have a lot of privacy when I was younger, and I think rightfully so, because my family wanted to make sure I was okay, and they, they were just checking up on me. So, But there was a sense that, like, I, I had no privacy. I literally didn't... The door was never closed. My dad constantly was checking on me to make sure I was all right. At times when I was using the bathroom, my, my parents would just walk in and put stuff away, and it's like there i had no, there was and i i never got upset by this but there was really a sense in my home that privacy for me given what my needs were wasn't something something that i would really need to be afforded and i and again it was never something that i was upset about but it was just the reality of my experience so that made my hunt for good quality uh, jerk off material even more harrowing and I remember that for the longest time, my dad had an old dial-up internet connection that he would give us access to. You you know what I'm talking about? Those like old, you know, dial-up. He would hey, we had dial-up internet. It was the 90s. We definitely had the dial-up box. And my dad was like the king of. He still is. Hi, dad. He was the king of technology, and he loved his gadgets, and he was. I remember watching things on, watching the porn on an old Windows 95 computer laptop. 
But that at that point, that was like state of the art. That's what you watch yourself on, state of the art. It, that was it. And he would give us access to his dial-up. And many times he he worked a lot. My dad is a musician, so he worked a lot. And he would go out and go do errands or go go just do little things when he was home for the day. And he would leave for sometimes an hour, 30 minutes at a time. And when he would leave, I would immediately think, I would ask him if I could have access to the computer because that was my space. The computer was my place where I could access the world. And I think many disabled kids who were looking to access the world generally were like, oh, the internet's amazing because I don't have to go anywhere. And it really opened up a lot of access for us. For me, being the naughty little, little dirty little kid that I was, it opened up porn for me and it opened up the chance for me to explore my queerness in a way that I, where I wouldn't be caught by my by anybody. And so when my dad, I remember when my dad left and when he would leave for extended like an hour, an hour and a half to go do something, he would make sure that I was okay and he would leave me and say, I'll be back. Here's the phone. Call me if you, if you need anything. And I would think, yeah, he left. I can now go and, and check the porn. And he would give me the password to his computer and I would log on and it was this like, ritual of like I'm gonna look at something inappropriate now and it's okay because I'm gonna do it in secret and he'll never find out and I, I cherish those moments because I could explore my queerness in those moments and as a disabled person like I said with no privacy those moments were extremely extremely precious to me so one day my dad left to run an errand of some kind or he went to go do his musician thing and and i i was by myself and he left and I, I always remember whenever he closed the door and i was alone there was a moment where i would sit in my kitchen in the silence of being alone and be really excited that i was now alone it was like even though i am very physically disabled and my like i couldn't run around the house and do something do like pirouettes down my hallway or something. And we had a big hallway. So had I been more able, I would totally do pirouettes down the hallway. But there's a moment when, when he left where I would be like, oh, this is, this is my, this is my, my space now that I can do whatever I want. And so I remember he left that day and I decided, okay, I'm going to log on to the internet and look at porn. Now, I stumbled upon a porn after about six to seven minutes of, of waiting for the crunchy dial-up tone to connect. Sidebar, there's a whole generation of young people who may or may not be listening to this who will never understand the sound or what it actually meant to get connected to your dial-up. You guys who were raised in the 80s and 90s know how sweet the sound of connected dial-up sounded when you could actually get to your dial-up it was like oh i'm on the computer awesome finally after like literally sometimes seven to ten minutes of waiting and you were finally on it was amazing so i watched this porn i've stumbled on this porn and i'll never forget this porn this porn was one that is like seared in my brain because it was one of the first ones that I watched and I watched and I watched over and over and over again. I'm not quite sure how I found it. I'm not quite sure where it came from. I'm not quite sure. I think somebody had uploaded it way back in the day 
and it was a free one, and I was like, this is amazing. It was two college guys running on a track or in a park somewhere, and they end up fucking on a football field with each other. Like, they make out a bunch, and then they blow each other off, and then they fuck, and then it's done. But that was my first foray into gay into into gay porn, and I just I remember falling in love with that scene. I watched it again and again, and I studied it with precision. I guess what I was actually trying to do when I was studying the scene, like I was, I would stare at it with with the, this like level-headed intensity, like oh, what are they doing now? What's happening now? I guess what I was actually doing was trying to figure out if I could see myself with my disabled body in those scenes. Of course, what I was also learning to do and learning in those moments is that porn only allows, quote, allows for certain bodies to be properly represented. This idea was being codified into my brain, even at 11, 12, my young, with my young boners in my wheelchair, I was learning that my body didn't have a place. Whether or not I could communicate that to anybody, this is what I was learning by watching those scenes. And I, even talking about it right now, I'm having a very vivid visual of the scenes and remembering how I felt when watching them. I felt so conflicted because I was watching those scenes and I wanted so, I longed so much to be, to see myself in situations like that. It seemed all so freeing and so hot and so something that I would never ever have access to and it as I'm thinking about it even now it was as I'm sitting in my chair watching it with my boners and I did have boners watching it I would be excited but also struck by a sense of sadness and I think that might have been the first time where I realized what ableism was and where I realized how how different my world would be when I started discovering that even in these scenes that although they were fantastical and probably unrealistic because I don't know many people that fuck on football fields, but to me it seemed that that's what all able-bodied queer men were doing. And I remember feeling pangs of upset knowing that that would not be something I could access, even in a porn scene like that. And so I naively began to believe that this is how all gay men in my in my case gay men had sex with each other and uh i'm i'm sure sometimes that's true but let's be realistic not always or hardly ever do we have sex on football fields and do we look do we look so perfect it hurts um and what i wasn't realizing was that that's all for show and and now that i'm older and now that I, I kind of work in the field and I have friends who work in the industry, I know what the, the, the work that it takes to to create those scenes, but at the time that's what I thought all able-bodied men were doing and, and to not have access to that or to, to realize that my access would be limited to, the, to those types of things because of disability was painful even watching scenes like that. Now when I watch scenes, I'm on the hunt for, of course, the sex appeal of what I'm watching. But I also try to look at the scenes from accessible lenses. And we're going to take a short break now, and I'm going to talk to you guys about 
how, and I just did the thing where I said guys, and I don't want to say guys anymore. I'm going to talk to you all about how to look, how I'm, how I am trying to look at porn through an accessible lens. Now, now when I watch scenes. So let's take a short break and we'll be right back. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hi, my name is Darren, and I listen to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, honest, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page. That's www patreon.com slash andrewgerza and pledging if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment, podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability-centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you so much to Come As You Are for being a sponsor of this program. It means a lot, and they are great. They're a great, great company. Um, and I also want to let any, anybody else know who any companies who work in sexuality and disability and would like to have some ad space on my show. I would love to work with you. I would love to create little ads for you to put throughout the show and to put through and to, to promote via my social media and my platforms. I'd love to do that as part of Disability After Dark. So if you are a sex-positive company and a company that wants to work and in- incorporate disability into your platforms, let me know and we can we can talk about that. I'd love to have further sponsorship for the program. One last little plug, and then I promise we'll get back to the content of the show. I also want to let you know that if you if you recorded a little voice clip for me, thank you so much. You're awesome. You know who you are. You're all amazing. Thank you. I would love it if, if the people who listen to the show would record for me a 20-second clip about what the show has meant for them, whether you've been a guest, whether you have just been a listener of the show and it's impacted you. I want to know what the show has meant for you. This would mean a lot for me, and I could pepper it throughout the program so people can really understand how important this type of content is. I would really appreciate that. So if you're interested in doing that for me, you can always send me an email at andrewandandrewgerza.com and let me know if that's something you want to do, and we will talk about getting that recorded. Thank you guys so much. Now, back to the show. So, like I said before the break, now I'm looking at these sex scenes and I'm on the hunt to look at them from a much more accessible lens in terms of, of disability and in terms of how could disability be incorporated here effectively and properly and, and how can disability be 
added here sexually in a way that is appealing to everyone. And that's kind of where I'm looking at things when I look at these scenes now. I'll find myself watching a scene of, in my case, two male-identified people having sex, and I'll be looking at the scene and I'll be looking at it going, hmm, I wonder if my crippled body would fit here. I wonder if if that position would work. I wonder how I would feel being being uh, having that guy on top of me with my legs. Would they hurt? How would my hips feel? I'm looking at all these positions and I'm thinking about the reality of my disability and how and whether or not it would look sexy in a scene or whether I as a disabled person will be grimacing because of the pain and the differential of my body and how how could we market disability as a part of these scenes? Not the pain in my face of a guy's hurting me and, and that kind of stuff, but how do we market the reality of disability in these moments so that I could be, I or somebody in my position could be a porn star with a disability? A lot of the times I'm, al I'm also looking at the scenes and I'm considering where a mobility device such as a wheelchair or a walker or canes or crutches would be blocked for the scene. I'm wondering where we would have things like Hoyer lifts and things like um, transfer boards and all those things that disabled people need to transfer. How do we make these pieces part of the scene and how do we make them sexy from a technical standpoint? Because I know from having individuals that work in the industry tell me these stories, working on a porn scene takes can sometimes take hours. So I'm looking at it now from an accessible lens and trying to consider how a disabled person who may need different things could work in those parameters or could they? Are we looking at things, are we considering things like fatigue and timing and um, personal care assistance? I'm looking at, I'm thinking about, as I watch scenes, I'm thinking about, you know, at what point would the disabled actor have to call in his attending care worker and say, hey, attending care worker, would you want to come work on a porn set with me today? Like, at what at what point in the scene where you, would you have to stop and have your attending care worker reposition you or get you water or make sure you've peed or things that I think about every day as a disabled person. I tried to lift in my brain and graft onto these scenes that I'm watching and, and consider it from a disabled lens. Before, when I was younger and I watched these scenes, I would simply want to transport myself there. But I love now with what I do and now with what I talk about, how my brain has expanded to consider all of the needs and necessities and the, con the concepts of access that have to be, that are now almost a second nature to me considering anything. And so when I look at these fantastical scenes of two dudes fucking in these ridiculous places, my first thought is, seriously, my first thought is, how would a wheelchair get in there? And how would somebody with my body type and my body needs react to, the, to this stuff? How would they feel? I'm also looking very realistically at how this stuff would be properly marketed to an audience and how do we do that without fetishizing the disabled person too much or do we find a way to fetishize them with their consent in a way that's 
sexy and uses the disability as part of that in a way that says disability is sexy. Let's, you know, do that. Um, is, is that even possible? Or do we really steer away from fetishizing disability altogether in these scenes? I'm not sure how the marketability would work with that. But it is something, now that I do what I do, I'm looking at it very seriously and with a critical eye. I'm also quite curious to know if a studio in the States who might be considering, uh, considering hiring a disabled porn actor cough, cough, I want to do one, hire me, let's talk about it, would they be considering to, would they be able to cover the cost of disability? Because we all know that everything disability related is rather expensive. So if I needed an attendant care worker or if I needed certain things, could the studio cover that as part of my needs for the day? From what I understand of friends who work in the industry, it's pretty you kind of show up, you do your you do your stuff, and we're done. I mean, there's not much. There's prep that the performers have to do, and there's lighting and stuff. But I don't. I honestly don't know if a studio could cover those costs. So if anybody who works in the industry wants to enlighten me, come on the show and talk about it. There's one person in particular that I'm thinking about. Cough, cough. Zach Ackland, come on the show and let's talk about that together. For part two. Yeah, I'm calling you out. Come do it. Do it. Um, but I do wonder if those provisions would be made by the studio. And I am thinking about the ADA and the laws that are in the states around disability and would they be workable here? A few weeks ago via social media, I put a very simple statement on both my Twitter and Facebook. It said, Confession. I want to be in porn. Not surprisingly, this statement was met with the varying responses. Some positive and saying, yeah, good for you, totally do it, you'd be hot, I'd love to see you in porn. Some saying, I'm worried about that you'll be fetishized. Now, I've heard all this before. I've heard, I heard them all when you posted them and I thank you for all of your input. Um... I don't take any of that advice lightly, and I don't take any of the compliments lightly either. I thank you for all of your thoughts on me being frank about what I want to do with my sexuality and, and maybe taking it to that public place, uh, and I, I appreciate that. But I want to share with you in this part of the episode why I want to embark on this journey and what this journey would mean for me. As anyone who listens to the program will tell you, and I'm sure you've gathered as you listened, you kind of know that I'm a bit of a fame whore. I like, I like attention. I'm not going to pretend like that's not true. Um, and I think part of the reason why I would want to embark on porn is to get some eyes looking at me and to get myself sexualized in a way that is different and to be completely, to be, to be consumed in that way as a, as a commodity, I think, is would be really sexy. Now, again, maybe there's, there's a naivete to that, but it is something that I think, as a disabled person who works in sexuality, wanting that is because I want to see... I want to see myself 
sexualized. I also want to be a sexy, seated, slutty cripple on film. I know that that might not necessarily resonate for everybody listening right now, but I feel like having a representation of myself being slutty and overtly sexual, more so than I already am, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, would help my confidence and would be a reminder of what is possible and what I've done with somebody with a disabled body. I'm picturing, you know what, you know when the sports guys who play the sports ball um, watch their playbacks of their things? I'd love to see a playback of me doing something overtly sexual with somebody enjoying it, even if it is a little bit of porn acting. I'd like to see that because that is something that we never see. Even when we, even when we as disabled people are engaged in sex, we... I, I'm going to use myself as the example, I don't see myself. I don't see how the act looks. I don't see how the other person is perceiving the act. And I think porn offers a particular window for that to be possible. And I think it would be really, I think it's important for disabled people to maybe see themselves having sex so they can see that it isn't so weird and it isn't so foreign And it isn't so, I say all the time that it's, that sex and disability is different, but I almost said it wasn't different there because the act of pleasure maybe isn't always different. And so to see that on film and to see somebody enjoying the pleasure of disability on film with me, I think could be extremely powerful. To see that and know that I did it, to see that I, to, to physically look at myself bringing somebody pleasure, I think is something that we, I, again, as a disabled person, need to see so that I know that my sexuality in one way or another is valid. And so that's partly why I want to do it. So I can, I can, so I can see myself as sexy through the eyes of an audience. Is that weird? I also want to be around all these men. I want to be around all, in my case, I want to be around all these beautiful men that are there. And I want to, and this again could be part of my naivete of the industry, but it's something that I, I want to just be surrounded by beautiful men and have that as part of my work. I mean, that's, that's just something that I've, that I fantasize about because that idea is so often denied to me by society and then by myself I deny myself the thought that that would ever happen because I'm disabled so so it is in the the back recesses of my mind when I think about why I want to do porn being encircled by beautiful men for sex is there it's it's just a part of it anybody who works in the, in the industry if you want to again enlighten me as to the reality of that is that something that happens or am I just imagining that as something in my head or is, are those just seen things is that not realistically what occurs i'd love to know and i also would love to know how you would incorporate disability into all that any porn actors who want to tell me about that aside from my own weird vanity around why i want to do it it does go deeper than that for me it does touch on issues of representation for me a lot as to why I would want to do something like this. And we talked a little bit about this with Dominic Evans, I think back in episode 39 and 40, 
we touched on porn a little bit with him when we were having our discussions. And I want to go a little bit into that for myself and what why I think representation here is key. Um, I think disability offers porn a new way to look at things. And I think that it would be so interesting to consider disability as part of stuff. And it would also be kind of interesting to play on those sexy tropes that we have in porn. Um, in porn, we have the tropes like the pizza guy, the plumber. In gay porn, it's really big on the disabled, or not not disabled. It's really big on um, the coach motif and the, the gymnast and the, the two young lovers. And, and so art house porn has the people, you know, walking around. But it would be cool to have, like, to play with disability in those tropes and have somebody with a mobility device in a scene like disabled pizza guy in a wheelchair, disabled coach in a walker, disabled frat boy with crutches. It would be really interesting to to almost parody the ridiculousness of those tropes in to, to include disability in part of the, the porn and not to make fun of the disability at all, but to make fun of the trope itself by including disability there. There's something kind of fun about playing with that. And I think disability would offer some really interesting and funny pokes at the industry while at the same time being sexy and hot. I mean, the disabled tropes we have when there is discussions of disability and porn, the whole nurse thing, we could play it up and have the disabled person be the nurse. Like There are just funny things that we could do to incorporate disability in there, to play with it, to kind of turn the trope on its head. I think one of the biggest and most important reasons why I would want to do porn, particularly with a non-disabled actor for my first go-around, is because I, I want I would want to see them confront and deal with their own ableism in front of me. I would want to see them figure that out. I'd want to build a relationship with them through the sex we were having, even though if it was even if it was stage sex and even if it wasn't necessarily... 100% realistic, I'd want to, sh to see through that scene, hopefully their ableism would shift and maybe my own personal personal ableism around what I was doing would change and maybe, maybe it would create a whole different way of producing porn that would change the way we film, would change the way the industry shot stuff, would really transform we were talking a second ago about tropes. It would really transform. Uh, th maybe it's a genre of porn, disability art house porn. Maybe it's that. Maybe the sensuality comes from them undressing me. Maybe, you know, th there's sensuality in me undressing them. Maybe there's maybe disability offers a different type of sexuality that is so much deeper than what we see in porn currently, and could provide a different avenue for people to get off to. That's just a thought that I was having and thought I would speak it into the microphone right there. I, I don't know if disability can deepen our bond to porn, but maybe. And I would love to be one of the people to explore that quite readily. So, seeing as I want to get into porn, I think it's only fair that I let you know what I think my porn name would be. Now, I've talked to people who are in the industry and I've talked to them about the creation of their name... And some of it comes as a joke, some of it is given a lot of thought, 
Mine goes back to when we were in 7th or 8th grade and we started playing around with the ridiculosity of, and I don't think ridiculosity is a word, but I like it, so I'm going to use it, the ridiculousness of our poor names using our street name, our first pet's name, and our the first street we lived on. So mine actually makes really cool sense, and mine would be Flash Wellington. Now, think about it for a minute. How sexy does that sound? Picture me in my wheelchair, not as Andrew Gerza, but as Flash Wellington. Doesn't that make you excited in your nether regions? Also, did you like my little attempt at the Batman voice? Because that what I was, that's what I was trying to do there. Um, but really, I just wanted to share my thoughts on why I want to do porn. I don't have much else to say here. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are somebody who works in porn, cough, cough, Zach Ackland, I'm calling you out again. If you are somebody who wants to do porn, if you are somebody who wants to talk to me about porn and has a disability and wants to be on part two of Porn Well Disabled in our next installment of this little mini-series, let me know. Send me an email using the subject line Porn Well Disabled and we will have you on as a guest. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs or book me to bring disability to you, head over to www.andrewgerza.com. Also, if you're listening to this in iTunes, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Just a brief production note. Disability After Dark is now going every two weeks, every other Monday at 5 a.m., So you won't hear us next Monday, but you'll be able to download a new episode every two weeks, Monday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Copyright Notice. This program was created and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Any and all materials, including graphics, music, and audio recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.